This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they are free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tossman, the Rock Disopolis. Toss. Our two teams play tomorrow. Mavs Celtics. Very exciting stuff. How do you how do you feel about the Mavs to start the year, man? Um I feel okay. I don't feel great. You should feel pretty good. I feel Celtics. Yeah, last night was a little lackluster, or the other night was a little lackluster against the Bulls. But what they won they won eight games straight before that though? Yeah, I mean we went on an absolute tear. Uh I, I, I personally I mean, I feel really good. Happy to have Brogdon and Smart back. Obviously, he's a new piece that we need to work in. Rob Will's still not playing. So I, we're not even at our peak yet, but obviously Jalen and Jason are off yeah. to a, a fantastic start. Um, but how I about saw, you? I saw an interesting graphic that was mm. every NBA team's biggest disappointment, and the Celtics had no one listed. They were the only team in the NBA that it does not currently have a disappointment. And I would say the only disappointment is that Danilo Gallinari got hurt at the beginning of the season prior to the NBA season starting. There's nothing you can do about that, though. Um, so I think all things considered, things are going pretty swimmingly for the Cs. The biggest yeah. disappointment that was listed uh, on this particular graphic that I saw on Twitter for the Mavs was Christian Wood, which I thought was a little unfair because I actually think in his limited minutes that he's played, he's actually been very, very good. I say limited minutes because there seems to already be a contentious relationship between him and Jason Kidd. Um, and we're not even, you know, a fourth of the way through the season yet. So that's slightly concerning. Um, our record, we're still above 500. I think we're like the ninth seed in the West right now. Things are, there's a lot of parity in the West. So that doesn't really mean much because, um, you know, teams ranked number four through 13 in the West all have about the same record as of now. That's true. I, I would say my dis- biggest disappointment with, the Mavs thus far has been from, from a player specific standpoint, it's been Reggie Bullock just because his shooting has not been there. Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney Smith take the most open shots in the NBA uh, courtesy of Luka Doncic. No, there's like actually like statistics behind this. Mm. Like, and um, of the guys that take the most open shots, they both are shooting. I think the lowest percentage right now at uh, Luka is, He's right there with the the other guys in the top of the league at the at the top of the MVP race right now. Um, you know, he's there. Tatum's there, obviously, if the Celtics remained in the number one spot. Embiid got banged up. He'll miss two games, but I, I think he's still in contention. Giannis. We'll see Giannis, yeah, and then Steph. We'll see, you know, if the Warriors can kind of turn things around. But the Mavericks to me don't feel they don't feel worse than their team last year, but they certainly don't feel better. Um, Luca feels better, but I, I feel like some of our other players have either declined or a part of that's just aging, or we didn't do enough to get the pieces around him. The one really good bright spot though, has been Josh green, who I've been incredibly, incredibly impressed with defensively. He's always been a kind of a grinder, a guy that's going to jump on the ground, um, mm-hmm. dive, put his body on the line, but he is shooting the three point ball at a very high clip. Extremely. And I'd actually, I'd, 
I'm at the point where I'm like, I'd like to see him in our starting lineup as opposed to Reggie Bullock. Um, yeah. Cause he, he also can attack the offensive glass and he's a, an incredible athlete in the open court. He, he put some real pressure on the defense. So all that to say, I'm, it's still a little bit of wait and see, but you know, we need, I know already that this is a team that's going to need to make a move mid season. Yeah, and I'm curious like to see who's really available. And I actually have a question for you. I because me and my buddy were debating it the other day. Well, apparently Kyrie is available. Really? That's a shocker. I saw I saw that uh, yeah. That Do you he's want kind of being shot at? No, I I don't. I mean, with any trade with the Mavs, it's who are you who are you getting and who are you getting giving up, right? And we just strictly don't have a lot of trade assets and I want to see our team push for younger talent that we can then develop. Like I, you know, we had Brunson who turned into something. Dorian Finney-Smith has turned into a starter in the NBA. Maxi Kleba has turned into a decent big off the bench. Shame with Dwight Powell, all guys who are homegrown. We don't have any guys right now that like we're really doing that with, except for Josh Green. And then I think, you know, Jaden Hardy is our rookie this year. So let's see what he can become. But I at least like that he's young and he has the propensity to be a talented player in what capacity. Does that mean he's a role player? Does that mean he's a bench player, a spark plug? Who knows? Um, I just feel like we waste a lot of roster spots with guys like eight through 15 or 12 through 15 with like a Frank Natilakina, which like what, how much better can that guy really get? No, he's done. I mean, it's, you, and you look across the league, there's like issues like the like are the Bulls gonna sell or the Heat? Like does and I know you said you wanted to get younger, but does does Jimmy Butler become available? Does like DeRozan or Levine do they seriously because these guys now you're in a position where you bring up the very interesting point of you don't know if you got worse, but you also don't know if you got better. And there's a lot of teams that got better, like across the NBA, like even the Celtics who made it to the finals last year and won the East. They got better. Milwaukee automatically, they're a kind of a stasis, you know, in the sense that like, yeah, they were the same, but they didn't have Middleton in the playoffs and how much better do they really need to be? The Cavs obviously get better. The Pacers, I, the Pacers are one of the most peculiar teams. Like everyone, I, them and the Kings are like the two hottest teams, I guess, in the East and the West that are like people didn't anticipate out of the hot teams. The right. Kings are a bit more understandable. You have Fox, you have Sabonis, two proven, you know, all-star type veteran guys who could be all-stars. I mean, Sabonis has already been one. But Kevin Herter off the bench, who like was you, was you, starting in Atlanta, right? Like he was yeah. a really big part of that Eastern Conference Finals run two years Barnes ago. Barnes has a ring. Murray was perceived to be one of the most ready prospects, and he's your yep. fifth starter. Who, so, by the way, his brother dropped 30. On Chris Murray on Chris Iowa. Chris Murray dropped thirty the other night on a team against Omaha. Was, was that when they dropped? They had yeah, some someone not good, but they beat him by like sixty points. Now he's supposed to be good though. I mean, the the thing is with them is they were one of the teams we thought could be sneaky, but the Pacers are a team that we thought would sell and sell hard and tank and tank hard. Obviously, your rookie of the year pick and Benedict Matherin was looking fantastic. Out, not discluding everyone's rookie of the year pick and Paolo Boncaro. And then, I mean, obviously, you know, I, you, I have a lot of real estate. I may have some of the most real estate in the country on Tyrese Halliburton Island. Yeah, I think everyone should have real estate on his island. Well, now it's, just a, it's, just, it's just a savvy investment. But we know this team isn't – they're still not built for contention. So everything that's happening right now for them is actually like 
it's fine. It's all good. They win as many games as possible. It's going to build confidence for for their young guys, of course, and it just ups the stock value of guys like Buddy and guys like Miles Turner. So what used to be a trade just for Russell Westbrook now turns into a trade for something else where they're getting more in, more in return if they want to move them. Yeah, that's my big question to you, though. Why do you have to move either of those guys? Because, look, you're going to get Duarte back probably after the holiday, right? So then you you have what will be one of the better backcourts of the future in, in Halliburton and Matherin. And then you have Heald, you have Turner, you have Jalen Smith, who's been decent for them, uh, you know, offensively at least, and he's getting rebounds. Duarte, then you have Isaiah Jackson. I mean, Neesmith, we'll see what happens. O'Shea obviously. Yeah. He's, he's a good backup guard. And Nemhard's yeah. like, actually, you know, for a rookie, Nemhard's been pretty good too. Like, like, why do they, like, should they trade? Could it be one of those things where they mortgage a bit of the present for the future then in that case? Like, do you understand, hey, look, this team's not going to the Eastern Conference Finals. In the long run, they probably won't be better than Philly, who they're ahead of. They probably won't be better than Atlanta, which is about to lead me in my next question to you. Uh, I, I would imagine if everyone's playing in Brooklyn, they jump them in, and you bring up Jalen Brunson, who was fantastic against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I was extremely impressed by him. I watched that full game being at home on Long Island. You know, I mean, obviously, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think is a top-20 player in basketball. But I want to ask you this now, kind of shifting gears from the Pacers, who I think should maybe mortgage a bit of the present with Turner and Heald, although I don't think they have to. I think they can get away with trying to compete and, and have some fun. They draft well enough. Like they have a good like system in place and it's clearly in a presence where you're taking like a Duarte who's high floor, low ceiling Halliburton Matherin, who I guess are in the same boat, like upperclassmen, not rookies out of college, you know? So as freshmen. So I, I think it's a position where the Pacers, don't necessarily have to sell, although they're viewed as one of the teams with pieces that could. And I, I think it looks like they're having a lot of fun down there. And it's a yeah. nice, you know, change of heart over the last week. Okay. Top five backcourts in basketball. It's tough. Really tough one. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Okay. Let me, let me think about this here. I would say top five backcourts. So like Tatum has to be excluded, right? Because he's truly a he's a forward. Yeah, yeah. Tatum's not in there. It would be like you could, it would be like you'd have to do like smart and brown if you wanted to us, for example, the Celtics backcourt. Yes, correct. Okay. I mean, this is this is really and yeah, and Kawhi's also a forward. We could discuss. I mean, where would you could, start? Where would you start? I think I like. Honestly, I like the Thunder a lot. I like Shea and Giddy. Like, is Giddy a guard? I think he's a yeah, guard. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I like. I'm not, saying, I love I'm their not saying they're one, but I'm saying top five. That feels. That feels right to me. Okay. Are we just so putting like? Are we just putting like the the Mavs and the Warriors in it because they have Steph and Luca? Like, I don't. I don't want to do well, it like the Warriors... that. I want to do like. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's it's the one-two punch. It's not just like you don't get a pass because your right hook is, you know, phenomenal. You need the jab. This clay. Now, I guess we could start. I think the Thunder is a good place to start, but I think they're on the outside looking in. But if we do this, you know, this time next year, I think they're one of the teams that jump in. Whereas I think that uh, okay, uh, the 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 Blazers are certainly in there. Okay. 
I don't know if you have them. Are you feel like they're an outside looking in team? Because I do not think I I don't think so. Anthony Simons is the real deal, and obviously okay. Dame is Dame. I would say, um, the number one spot right now is is Mitchell and Garland. Okay, and over you, over Murray and Young. Yep. Okay, because because the Cavs are the Cavs are better, and I think that. I don't know. I just Donovan Mitchell's playing better basketball than Trey Young right now. So their their number one guy is better. And I Garland and Dejounte, you you could split hairs with both of them. So to me, that the Cavs back backcourt is better. Um, but the Hawks certainly are in the mix right there. Who else? Who who else is is like, vying for this? I like the Pelicans. It was a sneaky pick with Ingram and McCollum. Okay, I I think that Ingram's kind of a he's a you're he's out of included. Okay, position positionally, I wouldn't include him. My buddy excluded him as well, so we will mix that. Uh, so uh, we'll John them. Desmond, John Desmond Bain. That was my sne- another sneaky pick I had. I look if there when the, the issue with Jazzy, he's hurt a lot. Honestly, quite frankly, not hurt yeah. to the point where like we're uh, you know to worry. Just banged up. Yeah, he's consistently pretty banged up. So I don't know if I could put them one because you know me, I love availability. But I would, I love your sneaky pick of the Blazers because I, I can, I completely agree that Simons uh, is truthfully the real deal. I, I just have a tough time. Inclu- I know Clay had a great night the other night, and I'm so happy he did. I just have a tough time including him, to be honest. I don't. I, I would to prob- me, to me, the Warriors. If you, if both players are of dire importance in making this list, then I can't put the Warriors in there because okay. he has not been good enough. Push comes to shove. I think I think yeah, Paul and Booker obviously has to be mentioned because there's few backcourts that I would take over the two of those guys. So great. I think we kind of I think we kind of have it then. We'll we'll see what happens with Benjamin Simmons and Kyrie Irving. Sure. What a uh, so we have Murray and are we including Smart and Brown? I think no. we. I mean, no, I just mentioned them to kind of clarify who positionally fit. Okay, I, but you. I I don't. don't. Smart's just not. He's not the same caliber of player as Dejounte Murray. He's not the same caliber no. of player as Darius Garland. I mean, he's defensive not, player he's, of the year, but no. He's incredibly valuable to a team. Yeah, but so is Tony Allen. Like I. <laughs> it's true. It's great, and he he was maybe deserving of that award. There were really, really good defensive bigs last year who I also think could have gotten the award too. And I wouldn't have been like, oh, Smart should have gotten it. He he mm. was deserving of it. So are other people. It's the same same story every single year. Um, where your team ends up, what your team's total defensive rating is. I'm a big like, fan of that. Let's let's be honest. The defensive rating of the Boston Celtics is still very good when Marcus Smart is not on the field uh, or on the court. Yeah, I mean, of course. Like you, I mean, if you especially if Rob Willen. And, and I knocked this guy a lot in the playoffs, but the defensive rating of the Utah Jazz in times where Rudy Gobert was not on the court was atrocious. So he he made a tremendous impact. And it's, I'm curious to it's see what they do in Minnesota. We'll get to them maybe in a second. Okay, so let's just see where we're at right now. We have the Suns. We have the so I think we're settled though. Suns, Blazers, Grizzlies, Cavs, and the Hawks. I would. Do you still give the the Suns the nod at number one? No. Paul has not been good enough this year to give 
them to not at number one. I told you I would pick the Cavs would be my number one right now. So could we go Cavs, Hawks, Suns, Blazers, Grizzlies? Yeah, only because Ja hasn't been as available as we would have liked to have seen him. You know who's a sneaky contender who's definitely in the, the top 10? Uh, let me guess. Okay, is it a team with a player that just got injured pretty recently and they're really young? Are they really young? They're very young. The Pistons? No, but I hopefully they're in that conversation in two years, though. I hope he's not out of the. I hope he's not out for the year. That'd be a disappointment. Okay. Uh, the Rockets. Yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. has been playing very good basketball this year, and Jalen Green is just—he's a twenty-plus scorer. That's what he is. He's—he's he's a twenty-five-plus scorer. It might happen this year, in two year, in next year, and the rest of his career, at least until he, you know, falls off age wise, he'll average over twenty three points per game every season. So what? They just are so bad defensively that it just doesn't matter. I mean, they are so bad defensively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who's on their team to defend? I mean, their veteran is Eric Gordon, who I love as an offensive spark plug, but who has never really played defense in his career. He no. was on the, the Harden team that played no defense whatsoever. Jabari Smith is the guy that is supposed to be your kind of defensive stalwart. He's a rookie. He's got to get assimilated to the league. And then Shangun is a really fun player. I like him a lot. I just, he just can't protect the pain against guys that are, that are bigger than him or quicker. Than no. him. He has, dude, they he's not as no... big as, and he's not as big as Jokic. So it's tough. Uh, Easton is honestly probably their, maybe their best defensive player. Which they are so bad. I mean, yeah, I love the. I mean, I'm a big fan of Dylan Green. I, I don't think Jabari Smith was obviously a bad pick at all. I mean, it's like we're ten, we're fifteen games into the guy's career, so it's extremely tough to say. And I don't know about Chet. It's just in the smallest of sample sizes, looks like an unbelievable move by the Magic to go with Paolo. Yeah, but I, that one I can't. They had to take him. He's the best player. Jabari Smith. The fact that they were even considering Jabari Smith over Paolo Boncaro, and I said at the beginning of the college season, I didn't say it because Jabari wasn't even in the mix then for a reason. Because Paolo is the type of talent that you don't see every year. I was blown away by Jabari pretty. And then we got to February, and I was kind of like, we were blown away by their team, though. We were blown away by their team. Yeah, they have Walker Kessler, who is a contributing player on the Utah Jazz right now. I mean, they have Bruce Pearl, who's one of the best coaches in college basketball. Like, it wasn't just Jabari cooking everyone, him going for 35 plus every game. He wasn't doing that. He was highly efficient, and he has a really nice jumper for a guy that's his size. Yes. I'm curious to see where he. I think teams get shy of a three guard system. And I don't necessarily know why three. I mean, obviously like the trade, the Kings and the Pacers made was fantastic for both teams, which yeah. is a rarity. I think that hindsight 2020 for the Rockets long-term, a Matherin pick or an Ivy, Ivy pick. pick. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been probably, I mean, Ivy is, he to me is going to be every bit as advertised in my opinion. I agree. 
I just I mean, we always felt is... like the upside was there for him more than Murray and Smith, and I think maybe everyone was undervaluing Murray a little bit just because of how good of a shooter and scorer he actually is at at all three levels. Um, but again, he's like a fit piece, and Ivy is like a takeover guy at his best at what he could become. Same mm-hmm. thing with Matherin; those guys take over a game. That's what they did in college. That's what they did. Yeah. I want to throw one thing out there really quickly before we get take a quick break. I think the worst franchise in the NBA and for the longest time, you know, I've thought it was the Kings and the Magic. Mm. I truthfully think the worst franchise in basketball is Charlotte. Yeah. They're going to lose LaMelo Ball. And there's is, that like their, is that their fault, though? Like, they, did they give the Bobcats enough when we when they started? I don't know. We'll revisit that in a hot second. Josh Fisher, Alexander Tosman, Rakdasopoulos with a great question to leave off right here. Don't go anywhere. We're the charity stripe. We will be right back with the charity stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.